Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm really excited for this episode today as I'm interviewing a lady after my own heart. Tree shares the same mission as me and we work in many similar ways. Today she's sharing with us her own personal battle with self-doubt and how being abandoned by her mum at four years old shaped her identity. After too many years battling with self-doubt and depression, she stumbled across an article about NLP and it changed her life forever. She started reprogramming her subconscious mind and found self-love and self-worth. For the first time in a long time, she had options. She saw a way out of the vicious cycle that she was in. She now uses her own experience to inspire others and helps them to heal their own paths. So welcome, Tree. It's lovely to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. What a beautiful intro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited for this one because when we connected, it was like we were twins. We are literally qualified in the same things we've got the same mission we've got the same passions we've got the same values so I'm really really keen to just deep dive into this episode and just see where it takes us um and I know that intuitively you something told you to go and check one of the posts one of the groups that I posted this um my original post in um, and so I feel that we're really kind of aligned and it was divine timing that we should meet. Um, so I am really, really excited about that. There's a lot um, that I want to speak to you about today, but I would really love to, to start with just finding out a bit more about that your journey um, from where you were to where you are right now um, and how the... Um, the abandonment of your mum at the age of four kind of impact how it impacted you and kind of laid that foundation for you at such a tender age and what you've then done to overcome that feeling of abandonment um, and to not only improve your relationships with money, career, friends, etc., but more importantly, to repair that relationship with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yes, so rightly like you said. Um, Well, first of all, I was born uh, to parents who kind of got married because I was on the way, right? Right. (laughs) It was the way people did things back then. I think now uh, we are more like conscious parents, whereas like back then it was a bit like, oh, you know, let's get married because it's the right thing to do. My parents, I love them both, I have to say, but were not a match. They are just two really different people and they um, they separated, separated by the time I was two. And when I was four years old, so I was just living with my mum and we were very, very poor, extremely poor. Um, but then when I was four, my mum decided then she was 28. So she had me when I, she was 24, um, that she is going to go and live in another country. And she left me with my grandma. Um, And that was, I remember, I still remember when she left and, you know, to be four years old and to remember that. And, uh, you know, it it was very, very, very traumatic. Um, But also what very much shaped my story um, is the fact that she did come back. She did come back after two years. And I think the fact that when she actually came back, she was one of the parents who was very emotionally distant. So I don't want any of the the people that are actually at the moment, like viewing this, like listening to this podcast and going, oh, she had it really badly. Like I had my parents and, you know, I had a roof over my head and I had clothes and and everything like that to then be kind of minimizing their own experience. Because my my, my mum did come back. 
And I would say that it was actually even a little bit worse that when she did come back, she was just um, very emotionally distant. And that's when a lot of trauma can come up as well and a lot of wounding can come up as well and that's the wounding our society is not recognizing right now Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of self-doubt can come from is that we are actually sometimes born to parents who are emotionally distanced emotionally uh, immature yeah so um she came back and so obviously in my mind I was like okay she came back to like it's not it's not bad um so I started living with her again. I had a, um, for some time, I had a, uh, a stepfather and everything like that. But we were very, very poor, uh, like very, very, very poor to the point where I remember, <laughs> I remember like seeing a, someone eat and I remember drooling onto the floor. Like that's how, that's, that's, I was six years old then. And that's when I remember that I made my first decision in life. And that was that, that this is not the life meant for me. Everyone else can have the food, the clothes, everything, but that's not for me. You could almost, I almost drew a line where there were people that had that food and that's me and my mum and my stepdad behind that other line. Could almost remember that. So I grew up and all of this self-doubt just started manifesting more and more and more. I wasn't academically the brightest kid. I was the one that was backed with the boys who forgot her workbooks all the time, didn't do her homework. Like I loved what I did, kind of what I studied, but um, like like some books and everything like that. But the, the more life went on, the more it manifested in each and every way, not gaining to the universities I wanted to get into, you know, having relationships that where you felt that you weren't good enough, they cheated, all the rest of it. So I would say, yeah, the, the not enoughness were just, just fed into that self-doubt more than anything. It, 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 it was, it was um, it was something, but but just to also to like say that at the moment I wouldn't obviously have it any other way, <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah. But that's but that's how it started. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know you touched on some amazing points there. Just obviously, you know, you're speaking for in hindsight, and you now know what life is like on the other side, and um, you know all these things for me I've always said everything happens for a reason and it's made me who I am today and it's led me to go on and have this conversation with you today we wouldn't have met had I not gone through all of that um and so um I love the fact that obviously you're at a place now where you wouldn't change it um because the lessons that it's taught you um has brought you to to where you are today I just want to touch on a couple of really key things that you said that I mean obviously when a mum leaves at at any time, it's horrendous. Um, but as as you now know, with uh, subconscious reprogramming, our subconscious is at its most influential and spongy. Yes, term, technical term um, for the first seven years, and so whatever we're going through, it's heightened. Yes, uh, and then I think obviously, you know, to then. Um, digest and understand at four years old why your mum has left you and gone to another country to then almost tease you a little bit to then come back two years later back in body but not necessarily on an emotional level which as a six-year-old you need emotional connection and love so much so yeah so it almost then kind of reinforced absolutely uh, uh, you know the original I'm not enoughness and the abandonment and I imagine confusion very much so going and coming back because I you know you've got nothing really to compare it to because you're forced you haven't got a lot of life experience um to then go you know well that's not normal whatever or um or understand perhaps what was going on in her life and to then make a choice so poignant and strong and powerful at the age of six, yeah, it's incredible. And to know it so clearly now, um, 
it is really, really powerful. Um, so I just, I just really like, obviously wanted to highlight the fact that, you know, when we go through anything um, and, you know, we all go through everything, but if it's kind of reinforced on a regular basis, especially in those first seven years, that's when the seed is sown and that's when we start to water it and grow. There's lots of other things that go on in our lives that impact us in that moment, but are then almost reassured or ironed over on some capacity and therefore don't have that deep, long lasting impact on us. Yeah. Um, but, but this was obviously reinforced from four to five to six to so on and so forth. Um, what was it like once you then made that decision that this was not going to be the life for you? Um, how, and, and then you were saying, you know, obviously you, it manifested in a lot of ways. What do you mean by that? Because people listening to this might, you know, we hear the word manifestation, but not everyone understands it. Um, we can sort of assume how it might impact you, but I just would love for you just to dive a little bit deeper because this could really resonate with someone and you could really be sharing exactly what they've been going through or little snippets of, and it will help with that confusion on their part. Yeah, so it manifested, um, well, again, using the word manifestation, um, it manifested when I was in my teenage years. Well, actually, actually, um, the first time I was prescribed antidepressants was when I was 11. Wow. I, I actually did not need antidepressants if you ask me what this professional this mental health professional did um was I, I I don't agree with what she did but then to know what she knew about me she had had about three four sessions with me and then she said oh my schedule is too full I think you should take up arts and crafts. So you can only imagine that with a, with four, uh, having been four like a few years before that mm. and having that abandonment issue and then having then a mental health professional make you feel like you are a burden, make mm. you feel like your problems don't matter because their schedule is too full. Mm. You know, looking back, I'm just thinking like, oh my God, and but I, I but the, but they were really really quick to prescribe me tablets which I didn't need. So the first time I was eleven, and the second time I was twenty, and that's I had already been battling with depression a lot, anxiety. Um, this was like this was when it became too much already. Um, I. I got up the courage and went to a mental health professional again when I was 26, because that was when I was like, it's not, it's now or nothing now. Um, but it manifested, the, it manifested in, in, in all the time thinking that whatever I decided for myself, may it be a career or may it be a family will not come into fruition. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the that's the biggest thing and and that's not something that you think consciously you don't you don't actually sit down and think okay this is not going to work for me this is deep rooted beliefs that are there down in your subconscious that you mask every day that's where the anxiety the the crippling anxiety for example came from me and I just believe that whatever dreams I had nothing's going to come from them nothing that I could I, I could just do anything and and not amount to anything there will always be someone better you know we don't need we don't even need to start with the compar comparisonitis just seeing everyone going after their dreams getting into universities they love getting the jobs getting everything and you just stand there like life is flashing by you and you think why me mm. why and not knowing because then I didn't I, I didn't go back then thinking this is because my mom left me this is because when she came back then she didn't have the emotional capacity to deal with me this is because I've actually been feeling like a burden this is because I'm masking my all the mental health issues you don't think about that no this is all in your subconscious 
And that's what I see at the moment with my clients as well. I ask, what do you think about yourself? And they go, I think it's okay. And then we go into their subconscious and we see that there is an inner child there that is crying because they were left by their dad when they were, you know, five years old. Mm. This is not, this is why I think conversations like these are so important because that's not something that we consciously think about all the time. Consciously how it manifests is different. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, a lot of the the actions or the patterns that then come from um, not knowing why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. Yes. Is that you then start to accept that that actually that is just your that's just the life that you are meant to lead and that's oh just the cards that you've been dealt and and then you start to adapt any goals or hidden desires or anything like that to fit into this limitation that you yes. have accepted and that's you know there's nothing wrong with that because I think it probably at any stage in people's lives we will all have an example of where we have accepted ways of living um because we don't necessarily know any better and I think this is why it's really important to do podcasts like this because it allows people to then see that it doesn't have to be this way and it isn't that just because something shit happened to you at the beginning of your life that that has to then define the rest of your life um and that you don't deserve to have just uh, you know the same opportunities as other people that's bullshit we all deserve to have limitless opportunities we are all limitless people but in a protection mode uh, and from our life experience and what we're seeing around us um as a result of whatever we've experienced we're just starting to say well this is my reality that i'm creating and therefore it's real to me these beliefs that are coming through are factually correct because if I look around I've got evidence to show that um, you know that health uh, um, the health expert oh my god can't even think of my words but that she abandoned you your mum abandoned you um, various relationships I don't know but they might have abandoned you and you're like yeah. you know this is just showing to me that I'm unlovable that I'm not good enough for people uh, and so we just accept Absolutely. It was like a, you know, you know, like a closed circle almost because it, it I, I obviously felt that what, what my actual subconscious belief was that people will leave mm-hmm. and they did and, and they did, they, they, they did leave. They, I had friends who left, I had boyfriends who left. I had, I, I just felt like I was not worthy of people staying like staying in my life because when you're four obviously you make it about yourself because we have to make it ourselves but we have to we have to make it about ourselves when we are a child because a children don't have a critical thinking we operate like you said we operate on theta brain waves which are the same brain waves that people would operate under if I would put you under hypnosis or you you would put me under hypnosis because we because we both both can do that right um and so we are like walking subconscious minds but we need to make it about ourselves and I want people that are listening to like know that they if they are struggling with those same things this was a defense mechanism that we had to make it ourselves about ourselves because if we would have thought about you know actually my mom is not capable of taking care of me or let's say for example actually my dad is struggling with um this or that and that's why they drink that will equal in our little primal brain to death that they can't take care of us so we will die so that's why children make it about themselves that they need to go oh it must be me because if it's not about them that's even worse in their little brain. Mm-hmm. So we had to make it about ourselves. So yes, you know, having my mum leave and then obviously coming back, but then emotionally being distant and having that health professional do that as well. Things just, I, I just thought people are always going to leave. They, they are always going to leave. 
And that's what happened sometimes. And when they didn't, I started self-sabotaging because obviously what, you know, that that's not that was not the script. Yeah. Um, so that was something that impacted me a lot. But like you said, and like you said as well, yes, we believe that everything happens for a reason. And I'm a firm believer in that. But one of the most heartbreaking things, I, I wouldn't change a minute, a second, nothing about my life. But one of the hardest things to look back at is thinking that I thought that this was the life I was meant to live. Mm. And knowing that there are so many women out there that probably are thinking the same. Because yeah. when I started rewiring my subconscious beliefs, that's when you notice the change mm -hmm. in other people. That's how you see other people actually struggling with the same things. And you go, oh, my God, these are the same people. And you don't need to be abandoned by your mom or dad. You don't need to be like, this is what our society thinks. You know, that's you have to go through something really traumatic, but you have, don't have to. No. sometimes it was just your mom or dad not giving you the emotional support sometimes they were just comparing you to other children and now what you do is you you prone up and that's what you do to yourself as well these are little things that as a society is not recognizable that's mm -hmm. why although although my story has a bit of a more traumatic beginning I don't want anyone anyone who's listening to think oh okay she had it bad and now she rose from the ashes but I didn't have it that bad mm. that's not our you know that's we shouldn't be comparing like that because there are instances where your mom and dad maybe were there but your your experience is actually more traumatic just because the society is not um saying that it, it it is because society is like extreme neg neglect or extreme abuse or, or or this or that but there are things that you, we make our, um, make about ourselves when we were a child and now they are defining our adulthood I think you know trauma for me is very it's something that we all experience and it's something that uh, impacts us on a deep emotional level um, and so that could be someone laughing when you're reading in class that could be Exactly. A presentation it could be a flippant comment from a teacher saying you never amount to much it could be um losing out on a job um a bad relationship it can be anything yeah. uh, that that impacts you on a deep deep level that then leaves some sort of residue for your seed of doubt to then start to to feed off um when because you mentioned that you were on anti antidepressants age 11 and then at 20 and then you went back at the age of 26 when did you start to notice in that period or start to recognize that possibly this didn't have to be your way of living and that there were other options were things coming through or was it literally at that point where you found the nlp article so um things got went from bad to worse so like I was struggling with depression and then I, I I made a really cushy life for myself so um I have a very supportive partner for example and I I had a very you know what I thought was a stable job and I had made a cushy, really cushy life for myself and what I understood was everything was safe but inside me, I was, I was very much, um, very not okay. Um, how it man manifested this time was I was asked to go and make a speech uh, back in my home country, actually. Um, I was asked to go and make a speech. And as I first said, yes, hello, yeah, I'll do it, of course. Self-doubt came came after a few days so horrendously that I started day drinking. I had to take mental health days off of work to start day drinking so I could calm myself down. That's how self-doubt can manifest so massively if your beliefs are that I'm not good enough. Like we all experience self-doubt, right? But it's when your beliefs are actually that I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, and I cannot cope. We're talking about a whole nother story here. 
So I had made this cushy life for myself. Everything was bubbling under the surface, like, you know, water when you are just putting the gas up. Where you see the swan and the feet are going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like everything was just like that. And then COVID hit and I got made redundant. Mm. And that's when things got really bad because when I got made redundant, that reinforced the beliefs again, once again in my life, although I had literally put pillows everywhere in my life, you know, or let's make it really cushy that I don't need to fall. Mm. Um, I fell and everything came up to the surface. And I was just, um, one day I was just scrolling on Facebook. That's where my redundancy process was very much like at the beginning and I was just covered in some <laughs> vegan chocolate and everything like that. And I was just scrolling as you do, numbing my pain. And I just saw this advertisement for like an NLP course. It was like seven pounds. And I was like, what's the worst that can happen? I don't know what NLP stands for, but it, the people on the picture are happy. So maybe it will motivate me to go and have a shower. That's literally my thought process. Seven pounds, what can happen? And NLP, obviously you have studied NLP as well. So you know that there is the um, the um, cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So I started, I started studying about cause and effect and my entire life changed within one day. One day it changed. And I realized that although my mum had left me, although I kept blaming her for everything, that disadvantage that I was in life, Mm. I'm using air quotes here, Mm. um, it was myself. Mm. It was myself. She wasn't here. She wasn't with me. She wasn't here saying that I'm not enough anymore. In fact, she was actually trying to do better. She was was trying to reach out to me. She She was trying to make, you know, do better you know, uh, you know, and, but I was the one that kept myself in the cage Mm. and I just cried and I cried and I cried. And I, that was the day that I forgave her because I realized the part that I had played in my own misery because I was the one that had kept myself there. And I, um, and because I had got made redundant, I had to take a job in Morrison's, which is a whole nother story. And we can do a whole nother board podcast on this one. But let's just put it that way that Morris, although, you know, people maybe are listening to this and they work in a shop um, and I respect that. That's absolutely fine. But um, this um, job for various reasons triggered my PTSD for a whole different reasons. Uh, so I so it wasn't just a job. It was a job that I came like back from and I cried every day and I said I can't do this Mm. and and obviously the whole world was in a pandemic and I wasn't ill once although I was like I I can't go to work right I can't do this and I said sink or swim Mm. your choice now sink or swim what you're gonna do because because you can't go on like that can't go on so I had always went I had always gone through my life like oh poor me is it gonna be like that now Mm. Or, I, or, or what you're going to do so obviously the seven pound um, course I ended up actually paying a lot more for my course another course that I chose um, quite many times more expensive than just seven pounds I got my certification in NLP and as a hypnotherapist as a time techniques practitioner as an EFT practitioner and I became became just fascinated with the subconscious mind, how we self-sabotage ourselves, how we keep ourselves in our cages, how we can point fingers and say, yes, my mom did that. And yes, my dad did that. And my grandma did that. Okay. Okay. But how, but it's not about them doing that. It's about the beliefs that they installed in us. And how can we change that now? How, how can we go on from that now? It, because looking back, you know, just thinking that I, I, 
I think the day I got made redundant because what what that would have been a sad life mm. a really sad life just doing my nine to five just resenting myself hating myself thinking I'm not good enough thinking I'm not worthy and then what staying in the same job and and deep down I knew deep 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 down I knew if I would have the self-confidence I would do something else and then universe just gave the opportunity well yeah I mean that's the thing is you know life happens for us not to us um and we go through certain challenges to set us up for the next level of whatever that may be that ultimately leads us to what we were born to to do and, and where we are and it's all obviously then down to choice and the choices that we make as to whether we follow that path or we don't you touched on some really um, poignant things that I just want to rewind and go back on. Um, one being forgiveness. In that instance, you forgave your mum and that set you free. Forgiveness is probably the most misunderstood technique, yeah. um, yet the most powerful. And it's something I resisted for a good couple of years because I didn't want to forgive the people that had hurt me. But what um, what comes from forgiveness is the other part that you said is that actually your mum wasn't sat there on your shoulder every day telling you you weren't good enough you know your ex-boyfriends weren't sat there saying that they didn't love you etc you you were holding on to those memories and those emotions to fuel the victim mentality that you said you had but certainly to fuel the beliefs and what forgiveness does it is allows you to disconnect to those emotions and to forgive yourself for holding on to them. Like I know that I can't change my past. Um, and I also know that in the years that I really, really struggled and suffered, the people that did what they did to me didn't have a fucking clue and were off living a really jolly life, not yeah. giving a shit. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, I was torturing myself every day as some form of punish punishment because I felt that that, that was all I was worthy of. Um, and so when, when you have this realization that actually it's down to you to break that cycle, one, it can feel incredibly liberating, but two, it can feel scary as hell because you're like, fuck, <laughs> I've now got to do that. And then on the flip of that, it's like, so I could have stopped this ages ago then and, and I didn't. And there is a tendency to then take yourself on another path of like, oh, my God, you you've been carrying around this. You're such an idiot. Why didn't you, you know, let it go? Um, and so I think, you know, it's really important to acknowledge all of those different scenarios that come through. Um, but what I then later discovered was that you know of course I was like oh my god so it's all my fault it's still my fault why am I holding on to this blah 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 I should be able to let this go forgiveness really helps you to do that but actually when you go past that fear part because again it's scary and things new um, and it, it can feel hard um, when you take a step back and you think that I have the responsibility and I have the opportunity to change this and to silence this bullshit that's going on in my head any given moment, that is powerful. And if people can start to really recognize that in this moment, you have the ability to change your life in two seconds. Yeah. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't need to know everything, but just to know that you can stop it, this pain, this cycle, whatever it is, is powerful because then we stop searching for other people. Then we start making the excuses. Then we start to look, well, how can I do that? What can I do to, to get me through this? Now I know for you, NLP and your training, uh, your hypnosis, your subconscious um, reprogramming, all of that certification was helping you to help others, but was taking you on your own therapy journey. Um, and allowing you to start to see life for what it is. But I can imagine um, that there might have been some resistance that came in with that because having carried your story around for so long to, to um, navigate through the, oh God, actually I can do something about it, which is great, no, it's not, but it's great. No, it's not, it's really scary, but it's great. It's, how did you then 
get through that resistance part because certainly with the work that I do with my clients, certainly with the work that I have done on myself, those first few weeks, sometimes months, depending on how deep and ingrained, whatever it is you're working on, are the hardest because you are battling with everything that's going against the grain. Like you're trying to say, right, I'm not a victim. And everything, all your um, old conditioning is going, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. And I'm choosing to forgive people and to move forward. Yeah, but what happens if they do it next time? And, you know, and so you're having that internal conflict. Um, how did you learn to beat the resistance um, and that inner turmoil? Um, were there particular techniques that you lent into? Um did you work with someone like it'd be great just to get an insight into that because for me this is where I find this is the make or break like people can make the choice I know I need to change but learning how to apply it to themselves or to get started that's where a lot of people stop they're like I know I need to do it but I just don't know how or I haven't got the courage to do it or I've tried something you know I've tried affirmations I've tried journaling don't work it's bullshit so what what did you do to navigate through that part? So actually, funnily enough, the victim mode kind of never came back in a way that, oh, but yeah, but yeah, but what if they, but the, like it never came back like that. And I think I know why is because just rewiring my subconscious didn't help with the usual, like the techniques or hypnosis. I had to go in and start loving my inner child. Mm-hmm. I started to integrate my shadows and I really immersed my practice with self-love and self-worth. Now, we um, self-doubt is something that we all experience, like whether it's in business, in relationships or anything like that. But I really believe that the key here's how we see ourselves I still experience self-doubt when it comes to my business and I'm really really honest about it and I really talk to my clients about it as well um, because I believe that we owe them transparency and I get and I say you know what I've just cried you know just two hours ago for it for an hour because I want them to allow themselves to do it as well and not to hold them up to a standard that I even I can't meet and I think that if people do that we sort of are failing people. But at, when I started, there was about 99% of fear and 1% of maybe I can do it. Mm-hmm. And now it's about 10, 90. And it really, really funnily enough, it does depend on where I am in my cycle as well. Because as women, we are cyclical beings. Mm-hmm. We are not meant to just always be on the go. Our energy levels are changing. Our motivation changes. Everything about us changes when it comes to, um, you know, where we where we are, mm. where we are on our cycle. So now when I experience still when I experience self-doubt, it's how I meet myself when I experience self-doubt. Yes, I can still think, are they going to think I'm an, like an idiot if I put this real up? And then I can go, no, you know what? You are doing your best. You are doing your, this because of other women, so other people can find you. And because I've integrated those shadows and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and my sense of self and my self-awareness is there, mm-hmm. it's easier to hold yourself when you're going through the turbulent times. And that's the key for me. We never want to, like you, like we, you and me spoke about it, you know, it's not about banishing self-doubt and, and that's a standard we can never hold anyone. And that's not something that we should be marketing or anything like that. But it's the difference of how you hold yourself. And then when you hold yourself differently and you start speaking to your, you know, uh, people use different practices, obviously with self-love. I'm not saying inner child work is the key or shadow work is the key. People use different things and that's okay. But when you have that self-awareness, you can then hold yourself differently and go, you know what, I'm having a day when I'm really full of self-doubt right now. And that's okay. It's going to go. It's going to be fine. I'm going to pick myself up again tomorrow. Whereas before, without, uh, let's say, three years ago, if I would have self-doubt, it would be just taking hold of you 100%. -hmm. Whereas now it comes and you're like, okay, you're here. Great. You're going to leave soon, (laughs) right? 
Oh, sure. I mean, definitely, this is about learning to manage it. Um, and there are various different ways. And, you know, there's been amazing examples so far in this season of, of the huge amount of ways in which that we can do it. Um, you know, I, I very much am an advocate of inner child mm. uh, forgiveness and healing. Um, because I think, you know, for me, it's about getting to the root cause and the origin of our fears. Um, and so sometimes some of the, you know, healing practices can almost paper over the cracks. But I think until you actually get to that root cause, then you're not really going to be able to sustain full healing. Having said that, there are lots of ways in which you can do that rather than just the obvious. Um, I'd love for, like shadow work. Um, we understand, but but not everyone does understand shadow mm -hmm. work. Um, and so I'd love for you to just explain a little bit more about that. But also, I think, you know, it's really important for people to recognize their triggers. Yes. Um, and to understand where these triggers come from. And so where you're, you know, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to managing self-doubt, managing your journey and managing your happiness, your success, your relationships. It's all about having that awareness and that understanding of yourself, because when you are aware of the reasons you are reacting in the way that you're reacting, you can then instead of berating yourself, um, you can show yourself compassion. You can show yourself understanding. You can give yourself that support and that reassurance when you're in that, oh, you're such an idiot mode, it's mm -hmm. not going to help anybody. But if you go, why, why did I react like that? Or why did I say that? And these aren't like massive things that you need to, you know, go away and make a big deal out of it. It's just having that, that time, five minutes to just go, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling today? Why am I being particularly triggered by that person? Or why can I just not shake this anxiety? What is going on internally? Um, and I know nine times out of 10, if I'm feeling like that, it will be linked to in some way I'm feeling vulnerable, taken yeah. advantage of, unsafe or out of control because they are my four triggers. And so I'm like, what is it? Or is it some, something that someone is doing that's showing that's triggering me because I know I need to work on that myself? Yeah. Um, and therefore, if it is, what is it that they're showing me that I know that I can then start to work on so I can avoid that? And again, it's not picking um, the pieces of, of yourself. It's not like judging you. It's understanding. And the more that we can show compassion and understand ourselves, the easier it is just to navigate through stuff because it's not going to go away. But if you understand your triggers, then you know what wants to avoid. Or when you have to go through that certain trigger that could cause you to feel the way that you are, that you have strategies in place that you can implement straight away to stop that free for all and it going taking you down a different path. So I would love for you just to share a little bit more about the shadow work and what that means for people, because, you know, this is something else that people can look into this. You know, for me, I think it's, you know, incredible, but it sounds quite scary when people say shadow work and you're like, oh, don't want to do that. Don't want to look in the shadows and see. So the best way to probably just describe it is because I go through inner child work and shadow work with my clients, all of that before we actually get to the mindset stuff, because it's so, so important to have those strategies in place so you can actually move and go like towards the goal. Right. But this is how I, I explain this to my clients. So imagine that, when you were born into this world, you had this huge, beautiful castle and there were like thousands of rooms in the castle and all of the rooms had an opposite room to them. So you had a white room and then you had a black room. You had a room that was really loud and you had a room that was really quiet. You had a room that was really, really colorful. And then you had a room that was gray and all of these rooms had an opposite room as well. So when you were a baby or when you were a toddler, you started playing in these rooms and you played all, in all of the rooms, all of the rooms, but then you started learning language and, and, and people started visiting your castle and they said, oh, this room, this black room, I really don't like that room. And you, you really wanted to fit in, so you sealed that room off. And then, you know, your ex -boy your boyfriends maybe came and said like, oh, this room is too loud. I really don't like that room. So you sealed that one off as well. 
So what happens then is that we end up living in like four or five rooms, four or five rooms all together. And we forget that all of these rooms are there as well. Mm-hmm. And then we feel like we are almost like being true to ourselves. Now that just happens subconsciously. We don't do it consciously. For me, one of my biggest shadows was neediness. Because obviously you can imagine if you're having a if you're having a, a parent or a caregiver who didn't show you emotional kind of um, like any emotional support. I grew up and I really wanted, I was really needy for love. Mm-hmm. I was really, really, I really needed it. But you know, the society, they didn't like needy girls. So I put this in my, we kind of call it like pushing it into your shadows, right? I am not needy. So I'm not needy or I am not loud or, you know, listeners can think of all of the things that they were made to reject by the people in their life, by society. It doesn't even have to be directed at them. Maybe it was just someone said, oh my God, they love themselves so much. So they're a narcissist and you thought, oh my God, I shouldn't be loving myself. So you put that part of yourself that was embracing yourself into the shadows. So when we grow up, we think, oh my God, it's almost like we're living a, living a weird life where we are not totally ourselves maybe we want to do art but our dad said that artists are you know some bohemian people not earning any money and we are not living the life true to ourselves so shadow work is about bringing all of these parts home and this is one of the probably the the hardest parts of healing looking at neediness looking at weakness looking at looking at all these things that you were made to hate but the truth is you cannot have weakness without also having strength you cannot have these are the literally the 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 separate separate sides but there's one coin you you can't just have beauty beauty without ugliness or or neediness without independence they come together but obviously our society is faulty so a shadow work is about you know looking at all of the shadows and the gifts that they have brought you because I can tell you all of your pain and all of your shadows are carrying gifts and it's a beautiful although sometimes very um how to say emotional emotional and really hard you know it can be sometimes quite hard like people are going what do you mean I'm weak you know, what, you know, what, what do you, I'm not weak. I'm, I'm, I'm a very strong person and, and, and we go to it and, and it humbles them and it brings them closer to their own essence. And it's just beautiful. So I hope that was that every listener right now understood about what shadow work is better. And by pulling the shadows into the light, how, how do you do that through hypnosis or through journaling or so I use a little bit of journaling, but I mainly do something that's called psychosynthesis, mm-hmm. which is people going into their subconscious and meeting their shadows and having a conversation with those parts and asking what those parts have for them. For example, you know, let's say, for example, my neediness, what gifts does my neediness have? It's probably you know, a part of me that is very loving and wants to be, wants to be shown affection. And that's actually beautiful. Um, And then we ask also, what does that part need from us to also be brought to the life, to be integrated to ourselves again, to be, to be whole again? I always, I think a really good um, example here is also that if I always tell my clients, try and go into the world and um and hide an orange just just go through 24 hours have an orange in your hand and try and hide it you put a lot of energy into hiding this orange you're going to go like this you're going to go like that but that's the same with shadows we are trying really hard for these people to see that we are not loud or we are not needy or we are not we we are putting a lot of energy for everyone to see that we are not these things that society or our ex-boyfriends or mum or dad or or other families deemed as bad now it's really important not to judge your shadows because it was a survival mechanism we did it if i if I'm not loud, then I will be accepted to my family. If I'm not needy, then I'm going to get a good boyfriend who's going to love me, maybe. So it, it's really important not to judge that part. But um, but yes, we 
it's it's like having 26 oranges all the time and trying to make people see that we are not that and that's how a lot of we put a lot of energy there but again subconsciously nothing in this happens consciously and that's 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 where the magic lies Mm, mm. yeah I love it I love it it's such beautiful stuff I mean for me I think subconscious uh, reprogramming is the most powerful thing um and and one of the best best techniques and also I think one of the the easiest because it is easy yeah, it is easy we get to work with your subconscious and for me like I often say to my clients you know you get to have some time out in a way that you never ever give yourself. So you're going to boost your energy. You're going to boost your immune system. You're going to create space in your mind by calming it down. So you'll be able to think more clearly, more rationally. You'll be able to feel more love, all of that sort of stuff. While I get to work on your subconscious to help you to then heal at a level that's just going to take you on your, your life on a whole different scale. It doesn't involve a lot of, um, talking or you know that sort of stuff I mean I do talk with my clients but it, you, you don't have to um with it and I just think it's probably one of the the quickest and most effective ways to create long-lasting change transformations I would say not just change transformations and again it's it's kind of brought into us that you need to go like really 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 quickly sorry really really many years you need to spend in therapy took this girl 15 minutes 15 minutes to do time technique which is what I use on my clients I think you are using this on your clients as well for me to get rid of the uh, belief that I am not enough that was probably like she was only trying it on me as well 15 minutes Mm. And you think about it and you think, oh, my God, oh, my God, because time is experienced differently when it's in, in our subconscious. Right. And you think that you need to I've gone to therapy as well. Nothing against therapists or anything like that. I've gone there. I've talked. After that, what happens? What, what, what now? You know, and uh, so, yeah, it's it's it, 15 minutes. And, and my clients are like that as well. Like, oh, my God, how is this possible? how is this possible but it is it is and like you say there is no time uh what what we've been carrying around for 20 years 25 years whatever it may be can be removed it you know quickly and effectively and safely see that's the other thing you know is certainly with with subconscious work and because it's not always necessarily fully understood there can be an element or oh, is this safe or i don't know about it or i've seen those God awful TV programs where you're going to make me bark or you're going to make me do this that, and the other and, and yeah and it's certainly not like that at all and I think you know if if you are listening to this and you think that's something that you could benefit from whether that you know you contact myself um, or Tree or whether you start to just do some research and just find out what works with you with you and what it is that you're after and then whether there's anyone within your area or your support network that can help you with that but I I do definitely think you know um subconscious transformation is one of the biggest game changers uh in life in general in all healing um for sure it, it's been amazing chatting to you and obviously hearing how you'd gone from you know depression uh, abandonment um anxiety really not feeling good enough repelling um love and pushing people away and self-sabotaging um to 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 coming through all of that to really kind of have this passion and this insight into to how your mind works and the role in which we play with it and how we can learn to manage it um and i think you know it shows that it doesn't matter what we go through there is always an avenue for us to explore our own management of tech of, of self-doubt and to then try certain things and you know quite often it's when we hit rock bottom that our biggest breakthroughs come through and for you when you were sat scrolling the internet in you know three day old pajamas or whatever not having had a shower um and something came through to you it's like you know this is for you life is for you and there is evidence and there's signs everywhere. Um, 
and we find them at the right time. And so it's not about, oh, I wish I'd done this five years ago. I wish, I'd, you know, it's about listening to it and recognizing what you can do right now. And it's not about what you can do right now to totally transform your life. It's what can you do right now that is going to make tomorrow better? And it's going to allow you to feel better in some capacity. And then once you know what that is, then what can you do the next day to make yourself feel even better or even stronger, or even more calm, whatever it may be. Um, so it's really about just building on it and looking to find ways in which um, that works for you based on the variety of amazing techniques that there are out there. So thank you so much for sharing your experience with me and with everyone that's listened. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think we could talk for another three or four or five hours about this. I know, I know. Is there any parting words that you want to share with um, with people that you feel that they might just need to, to hear right now? Um, and then also to share where people can find you to remain in your world or to expand on your knowledge and being a part of your community. Sure, thank you so much. Uh, one thing I do want to add is if you've listened to this podcast today and something resonates with you and you go and you say, yes, I want to do it, you know, I'm going to get myself a hypnosis tape and I'm going to get myself this book. And in a few days time, this book is just sat there. You haven't listened to the hypnosis. It's really important to recognize that one of the prime directives of our subconscious mind is to keep ourselves safe. That's why we don't do the thing we sometimes that, that comes up with healing very very much so it can be very unsafe for well your unconscious thinks that it is unsafe for you to change the patterns what is safe for your unconscious and, and is what it's already know what it already knows and sometimes that is misery sometimes that is you know this anxiety this self-doubt this victim mode this all those things mm -hmm. so I want everyone to think if if you are thinking right now yes this is the life of me i want to change and you see yourself and you see yourself self-sabotaging to really keep yourself accountable get help if you need to that's why people hire coaches that's why people hire mentors that's why you know um so they have that actually that accountability and to know that 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 if we start self-sabotaging, it again goes back to the limiting beliefs sometimes. I am not enough. I'm not enough to heal because that trickles into everything, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very easy because I did it for seven years. You know, I'm going to get this book and I'm going to get this journal. I'm going to get this hypnosis and I'm going to do this. Seven years I started and I stopped. It mm -hmm. wasn't until I realized and started, started learning about self-sabotage that I actually started mm. doing my journey and keeping with my journey and doing that. So if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to just keep yourself accountable. Know that it's okay sometimes to fall off the wagon. If you need help, ask for help. Um, if just keep going at it and know that sometimes, although our subconscious mind is so beautiful and powerful, it just wants to keep us safe. And um, that's why sometimes we might start self-sabotaging. But you can find me on Instagram and my handle is um, the dot dot spiritual dot hustler. So the spiritual hustler, but with the dots um, in between. Um, just give me a follow. Just let me know that how you found me through this podcast with Emma. And um, I would love to hear from you. And I really, really hope that you enjoyed this podcast, not just enjoyed, but actually took something away from it as well. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, and I just want to quickly very um, build on what you were saying, you know, with with the self-sabotage, because we all have our own limits. And if we reach that limit and of course, if you've limited your life, it's going to be it's going to be smaller. But if you can just start with five minutes every day yes. um, of even just daydreaming about what it is that you want to feel, what it is you want to experience, what it is you want to achieve and allow your mind to just get absorbed in that daydream that will reignite a connection with that desire and that passion and the more that you can connect to that the more you want your mind will start to reconnect with all the inner resources within you 
to help you to make that happen. Because we don't, our mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. And if you can just introduce five minutes of escapism from your everyday life, it's allowing your mind to see that, that there is other possibilities beyond where you are right now. And then it will have, it will trigger it. It will want more of it. It will, it will um, ignite that energy and you will start to lift. And so just start with a little daydream, a little, you know, opportunity for you to just set the scene and, and see for yourself what it is that you actually want. And then just allow yourself to absorb that and see the magic that happens from that then start to build, you know, if, if all other things are, aren't perhaps connecting right now, work with that and just, just see um, what comes from that. So absolutely that helps, but awesome. Thank you so much, Tree. It's been amazing having you on here. Um, and yeah. as you said, you know, for anyone that, that wants to um, continue this connection, then please follow her um, and let her know that you came from the podcast um, if you have any questions for either of us, obviously, please let me know. Um, and in the meantime, I will look forward to seeing you all next week. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now. Bye for now.